was about two years ago that a woman in my Bible study, if you would, she, we were talking about contemplation and meditation, and she said, you know, meditation and yoga, that's not Catholic, and that's, that's actually wrong. And she went on about how she was into New Age and, and yoga and how that really made her fall uh, deeper, I guess, into depression. And then I, I looked up, you know, and I googled it, and I found an AP article, and 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 of course a lot of blogs that um, said that the Catholic teaching is that it's satanic and all this other BS, and uh, and and. Maybe there are some Christian evangelicals who believe that. <sighs> no, whatever. Uh, but then I, I actually actually came across the Vatican document that the AP article was about, and um, and I took a really good long look at it. It, it took about two days to really cover. And, and distill it and it acknowledges that indeed people use Eastern traditions such as um, Buddhist meditation and, and yoga for psychological and therapeutic reasons and they said and they basically said that's certainly understandable given today's age and of course this was written back in I think it was 1989 and then there was um, and then there was a theological discussion um, and and they said yeah in some some cases some Christians and obviously some non-Christians use Buddhist meditation and other types of meditation and yoga practices to try to achieve enlightenment and and some of these you know out of the ordinary experiences which they call mystical experiences and that's that's kind of where you know that controversy kind of goes to and, and I know that uh, the teachings of Gurdjieff uh, are just, in my opinion, wacky. Um, and, and they basically was, were saying that we have to be careful not to make the body and these sensory experiences uh, the belief that this is a divine one. And, and, and indeed, uh, for you to practice kundalini yoga and, and, you know, you have these bandhas, these energy locks and then releases that cause a bit of euphoria. And they might 
lead people to believe, oh, I, I had a, an enlightenment experience. And, and then they go and tell all the world that they had this wonderful enlightenment experience. And, and then they continue to practice this practice. And, and they believe that, that they believe this for some, for some reason, even though they might not be uh, morally grounded, um, they will use that as a means of, of um, preaching to the world. And, and again, it's, it's much more, uh, there's a lot more to it, but, but I really understand where they're coming from. And even from a scientific perspective, when you look at the work of Andrew Newberg and how enlightenment changes the brain and, and what happens with these so-called enlightenment experiences, is the brain actually does some sort of change. And there, and that they can believe that this might be God doing it, but this teaching was talking about well, and there could be some sort of schizophrenia going on because that might delude people think to thinking that oh I don't I can do whatever I want and and God is still touching me every day through this mystical experience that really isn't a mystical one it's just a physical one. So this talks about this cult of the body and, and we can't really pay attention to these sensory experiences as a means of this is, this is God giving me a message. And that's really uh, what, the, what that's pertaining to in terms of the corporal, the physical. But then it kind of concludes and it says that how you pray and how you approach the divine is really a personal one. And this is really what's most important. It says, you know, you can employ whatever practices, but in certain traditions, but that doesn't necessarily mean that is your way to connect with God. Ultimately, what needs to happen is the desire to be with God and God alone, rather than a selfish reason to have God bend his will towards your will, we have to have that sincere singleness of purpose of having that desire for God as the focus and then allowing the Holy Spirit to discern for you which is the best way to drop the self, the false self and these illusions so again, this, this merges a lot with other teachings and dropping those behaviors that 
pull us away from God. And so whether it's a physical practice, whether it's a breath practice, the desire for God should be at the forefront. And we shouldn't be seeking a mystical experience. We shouldn't be seeking this divine, demanding a divine revelation. We have to allow God's grace to touch us when God deems it to be appropriate. Because otherwise, it can just have us fall into more illusion and delusion.